We talking rom-com, we talking action, we talking drama and movie classics, whatever you want, yo we have it, cause we talking movies on a podcast. So I married a film critic, so I married a film critic. So I married a film critic. Hey honey, I just wanna so talk I about the movie like casually. Critic. You don't have to so bring up very cinematography. Honestly, let's just talk about like how the characters were fun. Married a film critic. So I married a film critic. Welcome to So I Married a Film Critic, a discussion between a professional film critic and lecturer and me, his wife of 20 years, who just likes to watch movies for fun. I'm your co-host, Julia. This is Barry the Film Critic. Hello, everyone. And tonight is our 100th episode. 100 episodes. I know. It only took us three years. I think we peaked in episode two. No, you don't think so? No. Okay. No, no, I don't I think, think we've just so. gotten better and better. We're like yeah. a, we're like a wine that is aged. Well, I don't know about that, but I guess we'll let our listeners be the judge. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> judge, juries, and executioners. Thank you everyone for listening to us. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. Thank you for sticking with us all these all these many three years. <laughs> yeah, it's been good. It's been great. Yeah. And we decided uh well actually I decided I wanted to talk about one of my favorite movies of all time. Isn't this your all-time favorite movie? Uh, yeah, it basically is. Hmm. Yeah, because whenever you ask me, I mean, this is the only one I can really think of that's been my favorite for years. We've seen it many times together, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And over the years when people have asked us <laughs> what our relationship was like before we got married, this is always the shorthand. And, you know, this movie isn't exactly like, I mean, it's not, you know, beat for beat. But no. I do see a lot of things, not all of which I'm going to reveal tonight, but there's a lot <laughs> of similarities in the characters and some of the things that happened to them, the relationships they had prior to what happens to them. Yeah. Pretty so similar. Yeah. It's very similar. So yeah, we have, we have. So when Barry met Julia, <laughs> indeed, in some ways. Yeah. So when Harry met Sally was um, 1989. Yes. And I definitely only saw this um, probably in college. Not when I was nine. Definitely not when you were nine years old. And for that matter, I did not see it in the theater. I didn't want to. This was the summer of 89. This is the summer of Batman and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and the Abyss and James Bond and Ghostbusters 2. I had no interest in seeing this at all. I became aware of it because it was such a huge hit. I mean, this movie... It made more money than The Abyss and James Bond and and a lot of movies that were really, really big that summer. It was a word-of-mouth smash, and um, I was definitely aware of Rob Reiner because of Stand By Me. Stand By Me had happened, and, uh, you know, Princess Bride, yeah, but Stand By Me was a really big deal for me as a, as a young man, certainly a young man who did a lot of theater and was really into movies and acting. That film blew me away with the ensemble of young men, and, to, and you know, to know that he had followed it up with this – and not to mention, this is the guy who did Spinal Tap and The Sure Thing. But um, yeah, Stand By Me for me was a bigger deal. But this this film was really something else because it seemed like nobody really knew what to do with Billy Crystal. Mm. He'd done a film called Memories of Me, which did not connect. He did a buddy cop movie called Running Scared, which isn't bad, but it's not that great. This was the one. This was the, the, the starring role that really launched him. And same thing with Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan had had a few supporting roles, mostly playing the girlfriend or the wife. You know, you remember her in Top Gun. But this was the one where it's like, oh, yeah, she's she could definitely carry a film or, mm-hmm. or you know, in this case, like, like co-carry it, I guess. Yeah. 
Okay, well, let's get into it because um, you kind of have issues with the well, very beginning. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> the opening credits. We'll get to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, we're there right now. I mean, the movie started. Okay, well, yeah, okay, so we're watching the movie now and uh, the opening credits are in uh, black and white. Hmm. 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 Interesting. He has a problem reminds with me, this. Reminds me of something. And then our first scene is a faux documentary. Interesting. Faux documentary. Where have I seen this before? Interesting. And then it's a series of characters where they're not doing anything but talking. And it's established that they're neurotic. Hmm. They're neurotic. They're full of anxiety. They're full of little ticks and quirks. And they're in love with each other, but they can't quite say it. Where have I seen this before? Where have you seen it before? I've seen maybe every Woody Allen movie ever <laughs> made. And you know what, guys? I say, who cares? Oh, I care. The thing is, Rob Reiner, like, the, people called him out, and for that matter, Nora Ephron, who wrote this film, people called her out on this too when this film came out in 89. Um, so no one else can do like a talky, character-driven, quirky comedy except Woody Allen but, but in New York? The, it's not that it's a romantic comedy in New York. It's the approach. I mean, it's the it's the faux documentary angle. It's the titles. It's the music. It feels like a Woody Allen movie. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not just that it's a romantic comedy. I mean, it feels like it's ripping off, stealing the approach that Woody Allen would take to his films. It does. And, I mean, it, at times, Meg Ryan is even dressed like Diane Keaton in Annie Hall. Mm. Like, to, to, down mean, the hat on was, down. Maybe that's just the style. In they- 1989? No. How, how <laughs> Diane Keaton dressed in 1977? No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Now that you got that out of your system... <laughs> Yeah, I'll never mention this again, I swear. (laughs) Okay, well, we do have the faux documentary, which is couples talking about how they met, and it's kind of like interspersed throughout the film. I'm not going to mention it every time it happens, but um, I really like these couples, and I thought they were real couples for the longest time. Their chemistry is so good. Yes, there's five of these plus the one at the very end. And uh, they're all actors, ladies and gentlemen. None of these are real people. These are all actors. I know, but it feels real and it's it feels sweet. It's very well done. It yeah. is. All right. So the, the first meeting of Harry and Sally is in 1977 at the University of Chicago. And Sally um, meets him because they're going to be driving from Chicago to New York and just kind of do like an all-nighter road trip. And he's like making out with his girlfriend. And right away, she's just like, all right, you know, like Hong Kong, let's go. And it's her friend, Amanda. And then so they get in the car and and Harry starts eating these grapes. And I think this is like, I don't know if this actually happened in the script, but when he eats the grapes and he spits the seeds out, it just like hits the window. And he's like, uh, I'll roll down the window. It's just... This, the using of the grapes as a spit take is great because yeah. it's, it's like every comic line is punctuated by him spitting a grape out a window. Yeah. I have it all figured out. It's an 18-hour trip, which breaks down into six shifts of three hours each. Or alternatively, we could break it down by mileage. There's a, there's a map on the uh, visor that I've marked to show the locations where we can change shifts. Grape? No, I don't like to eat between meals. I'll roll down the window. 
Why don't you tell me the story of your life? Story of my life? We've got 18 hours to kill before we hit New York. The story of my life isn't even going to get us out of Chicago. I mean, nothing's happened to me yet. That's why I'm going to New York. So something happened to you? Yes. Like what? Like I'm going to journalism school to become a reporter. So you can write about things that happen to other people. That's one way to look at it. Suppose nothing happens to you. Suppose you live there your whole life and nothing happens, you never meet anybody, you never become anything, and finally you die one of those New York deaths that nobody notices for two weeks until the smell drifts into the hallway. Well, then they have this argument over Casablanca. Yeah. yeah. Today it would be an argument about the ending of Titanic. Oh, you think? Yes. Whether whether Leonardo had enough room on the floating... Oh, the, oh yeah. Whatever. Yeah. What, what was it? Like a door or, or a whatever board. it was. Well, you know, they did debunk that on one of those like... TV shows. They've taught, I mean, debunked it. They've, ta- I mean, it, for one thing, it's it's a fictional moment in a movie about a real thing. Um, well, no, but on. these guys, I think, I can't remember the show, dang it. You guys are Mythbusters. Yes, Mythbusters. Yes, right. they, they did like a science experiment. A science for, for, a, for a contrived James yes, Cameron movie? Yes, Come on. They did because so many people were talking about it. You know, if James Cameron wanted and he seriously could do it right now, he could like digitally add a few extra inches. To that, to that float, floating flotsam, whatever it is, mm. and just make all of us happy. Like, oh, okay, no, it was an active suicide because he had more than enough room. And he was like, I don't want to be with Rose. This chick is a drag. Billy Zane is around the corner trying he's to like, shoot us. He's this like, sucks. yeah, it's, it's fine. We <laughs> peaked in the car. We peaked with the step dancing. I taught her how to how to hawk a loogie. I'm out of here, man. I'll take my chances with a fish. Oh my gosh. So. But the argument over Casablanca, you know, she says she'd rather be the first lady of Czechoslovakia, you know, and he's like, then with a man you've had the greatest sex of your life with? And she's like, yes, women are very practical. And he's like, oh, I know what this means. Obviously, you haven't had great sex yet. And so then they stop at a restaurant and she's like, I do have had great sex. And of course, everyone just stares at her. And this is not the first moment where Sally has made a loud declaration in a crowded restaurant about her sex life. This is the first one, This though. is the first time. Yes. Yeah. yeah, this is the first one. And it won't be the last one, is what right. you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She has a tendency okay. To, okay. to publicly embarrass herself about her sex life in broad daylight. Well, but she... Okay, we'll get there. But the other one was on purpose. All right. So... Still... <laughs> but she has very specific ordering habits. It's not like she's like, do you think she ever went back to Katz's Deli after that? Well, no. Exactly. Well, maybe she did. She didn't. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> She's like, we're going to have to oh, find a the, new restaurant. It's the O girl. Okay. Yeah, well, no. That, come on. We're not even there yet. No, no. There's <laughs> McDonald's across the street for you, weirdo. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Please continue. Yeah. So she has her specific ordering habits <clears throat> that yes. he notices and then... He's just like, you're a very attractive person. And she's like, oh, you are coming on to me. And in her defense, it is the 70s. It is. Like, well, this is, you know, this is the key party era, you know. Well, yeah, but he is like, no, you're just objectively attractive. And then that's a way of, of that's a verbal way of walking around what he's trying to say. Right. Because he you're does objectively say, attractive. Well, but he's like, yeah, you want to you want to go to a hotel? And she's like, no, you're going with Amanda. So she's like, let's just let it lie because it's already out there. And I just love how Billy Crystal's like, oh, no, it's already out there. (laughs) It's a fun back and forth because on the one hand, he is messing around. 
And he is just trying to get a rise out of her for his own amusement. But at the same time, he's obviously dazzled by her, as are we. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is then where we get into the main premise of the film, which which is like, well, I guess we're just going to be friends. And he's like, well, you know, men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. And she's like, so men can't be friends with women that they find attractive? And he was like, no, because they want to have sex with them. And she's like, okay, so they can be friends with women they don't find attractive. And he's like, yeah, you pretty much want to nail them too. <laughs> so she, um, so I'm like, well, women, it seems like women, we can be friends with whoever, but he's saying men can't because the sex part gets in the way. And she's like, well, I guess we're not going to be friends then. Cause, and that's too bad. Cause you're the only one I was, I would know in New York. So that's kind of the ending of, this part of the, this yeah, this, part this of the chapter. Film. Yeah, because then they get to New York and it's like, okay, well, have a nice life. I'm never going to see you again. Yeah. And But I got I to gotta really give this movie some props for its brilliant de-aging via hair. Because mm. there's no makeup. It's just the hair. It's wigs. Her hair? And both of them. Hair. Yeah, oh. both of them. Yeah, they both have these like goofy – I mean, you know, it's very period. Um, I mean, they look like pictures – I think it's her hair. I just think they give well, her different yeah, styles. Yeah, Meg Ryan had very curly hair, but yeah. I mean, no, I mean, look at his hair at the beginning. I mean, he looks like an extra out of looking for Mr. Goodbar, and she, you know, she looks like your mom in the 70s. I mean, like, they both have, like, <laughs> seriously, like, they both look like our parents in the 70s. Yeah. Like, they, you know, so I, I like the film does that. I mean, at times he has a beard, at times he has, like, this huge thing of hair, at times it's very clean cut. You know, at times her hair is, like, all over the place, at times it's very conservative. Like, uh, the next time we see her at the airport in 82, I mean, she looks very different. Yeah, she looks like a flight attendant. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, but what do you think about the premise of men and women can't be friends? You want to talk about this? Oh, yeah. Well, oh, okay. Well, you, I mean, you know me. Most of my friends, my close good friends, most of them are women. I know. See, you're the reason I feel like this movie is wrong. Well, yeah, and not only that, like we've never had discussions about this. It's not like like okay, so you and I can be friends, right? Like no, no, it's like it's just it's a thing. Yeah. And I find female perspectives to be frankly more honest, more real. When I have conversations as you know with a lot of my male friends, I only have a few. Yeah, I have like maybe a handful of male friends I could have really good honest in-depth conversations about everything about. And those are friends who you know, like they've had tough times in life, their marriages. Um, we've gone through different phases and whatnot. But like, I only have a handful of those kinds of male friends. I have a lot of female friends, and you know, it, it and it's it's been because we've been able to just have these really open, honest conversations. Mm -hmm. So, no, I, I think uh, I don't think there's anything weird about it, and I don't think. No, I don't think there's anything attraction. weird about it. You know me, like you know, I, I think there's a there's a world of difference between acknowledging that someone is attractive and beautiful versus, you know, hitting on somebody. Yeah. And, you know, pursuing a relationship or, you know, f some kind of frivolous romance. I would I would rather have someone in my life um who is special versus, you know, certainly before I was married, obviously, versus making a move on somebody and something that's going to last like a weekend. Mm -hmm. And that but I felt that way in college too. It's like that's why I I Developed so many friendships and, you know, plus I'm an actor. So, like, I, I did a lot of acting in theater. So, you know, we're, we're in these theater troops. We're doing these plays together. We're bonding. At times, we're even traveling. You know, as you did too. You did yeah. traveling shows. You're in those those experiences. Yeah. It becomes 
you know, I don't want to like say like, oh, it's a brother sister thing. No, not necessarily. It's just like I don't think there's any. I've never found anything weird about having lots of female friends and being the guy. And even though some of my female friends were very beautiful and there were a lot of guys like, hey, can I have her number? It's like, no, like I'll, you know, and and at times I was even the third wheel on some of their dates. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even when we were just friends and you kind of were like, hey, I have feelings for you and I was not in the same place. You're like, well, it's it's okay. Let's still be friends. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And we were. I mean, I I have a friend in college. I'm not going to say her name, but- we were very good friends for a while and uh, I haven't seen her a few years now, but she called me one night and she says like, I need you to go with me on this date because this guy really likes me and I don't know. I just, I really need it. I'm like, okay. So, I was literally the third wheel. I'm the back seat of the car <laughs> and he's like, I, I just want to share this with you guys. It was a long drive, wherever the heck he was taking us for dinner and you know, I'm in the back, back seat like, so like, do you like shrimp? You know, whatever. <laughs> and so, like he puts on a tape cassette. He's like, you guys are going to love this. You're going to love this. And it's that song, Walking in Memphis, Walking in Memphis. Yeah. And he's blasting it and he's like mouthing along with the words. Oh, no. And when it was done, he's like, I'm sorry. Just one more time. One more time. So, he hits the rewind button and we hear it. Stop. And he does it again. (laughs) I'm in the back seat and I'm thinking like, okay, if I jump out of this car right now and it's going 45 (laughs) miles an hour and I-25, would I live? (laughs) Because it might be worth it because this is hell. <laughs> and the girl in the front seat, you know, she's, I mean, she was just like playing along like, yeah, the, the lyrics are really good. Like, listen to that drum section on the back seat, like, kill me now. So, so you really didn't have to go on this walking in Memphis date? Oh, man. No, but I did the first time. And, and to this day, I hear that song on the radio. I start to laugh. And I also, I turn the channel yeah. immediately. I can't stand that song. Yeah. And wow. I know, I'm sorry, listeners. I know some of you are like, Barry, that, that's like my song. We played it at my wedding. Great. But no, I, I hate that <laughs> freaking song. Wedding. It just puts me back. It, it puts me right back in that back seat. And I'm, it's like 1998 all over again. Can't do it. Anyway, my point I'm happy to suffer as a third wheel for – for no, no. It's, I consider it an honor. And I just – I don't know. I, I don't consider – you know, I don't think it's – I don't think it's a big deal. Um, I'm kind of like Sally in that perspective. I yeah. don't think it's a big deal to have whatever, male, female friendships. I don't. And I don't think there's any any pressure. There should never be any pressure. No. To be like we should date. We should whatever. Define it. No. Like if you're friends, you're friends. That's it. Okay. So, um, the next time Harry and Sally meet each other, it's five years later – and Sally's making out with her boyfriend, Joe, at the airport. She's and- now 26 years old. Yeah. And it's 1982. Yes. And Harry walks by and recognizes <clears throat> Joe. And he's like, oh, hey. And then he – I think he sort of – I think he recognized her first. You do? I do. But then he was like, oh, Joe. Yeah. I think he made a lucky guess that he remembered his friend's name. But yeah, I think he saw her first. Oh. I do. He doesn't seem like he. I think he is. No, I think if you watch it, he does a double take, and I think it's because it's her. Yeah. Yeah. So they end up on the same plane together. And, um, well, she does tell Joe how they met. And and Joe's kind of like, So what happened? And she's like, Nothing. He made a pass at me. And then he told me that men and women can never be friends. So that was the last time I saw him. And then he ends up sitting behind her on the airplane. And, um, the guy next to Sally is like, oh, do you guys want to sit next to each other? And I think Sally's just like, oh, man, this guy is so weird. And so they have another one of their funny conversations. And she finds out that Harry's getting married. And she's like, you're getting married. You you are. And he's like, yeah. 
she's like, who is she? <laughs> like, who would marry you? Yeah. And um, I don't know. I love this. All right. So then he tells Sally that there's an amendment that there that men and women can be friends if they are both seeing other people. And this is definitely not true. Because how many times have you and I gone out with people and it's like, oh, she's great, but her boyfriend sucks. <laughs> how many times? Like, man, like your friend so-and-so, she's great, but that guy she married, I hate that guy. He's obnoxious. Yeah. And then they get a divorce and it's like, sweet. So like, you know, then we like go out again. It's like, okay, cool. Like, okay. And then she is ends up with being with the right guy. Like, oh, that's great. You know? Yeah. I feel like that's happened to us a few times. We've gone to well, weddings. No, but we're not talking – they're not talking about like – couple friends they're talking about like that's like if you met up with a friend for coffee and you're married to me and she's married to someone else but it's still like that's what he's saying but that's it's it's such a sloppy dynamic because i mean i mean i could i'm not gonna again not gonna name any names but i remember you and i going out with a girl that i was dating and the whole Mm -hmm. time i'm like i just wish the person i was dating would disappear right now so you and i could have fun because clearly you and i are making each other laugh while the person driving the car was not having any fun no i was driving the car but that's right you were yeah because neither of us drove how sad i know i took you guys out on a date basically but do remember i was reminding beatrice (laughs) of this our daughter um, i was reminding my daughter of this today that uh there was a period of my life where i didn't have a car and i would Mm -hmm. take the bus everywhere i even took the bus to see you a few times i know I appreciated that. Okay, so then Harry Harry says, "No, I take it back. The, you know, the amendment doesn't work because everyone still wants to have sex with each other." <laughs> so <laughs> Sally's just like, "Goodbye, Harry," <laughs> which is something I would do if if I was having this conversation. You know what? Just you're so strange. I just gotta go. I think what it is is Harry's been burned most of his life. I think oh, and he's... his last name's Burns. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Okay. Nora Ephron making it easy for all of us to connect the dots. Yeah. I think he's honestly, he's probably just been cheated on so many times. I think his expectations have always been, you know, I, I think it's it's gone bad for him so many times that I think this cynical outlook, as colorful and interesting as it is, I think it's his, I think it's like a mechanism for him to like feel safe. Like, well, like this is the way it is. And this is the way it always has to be because clearly the way I've been doing it to actually put myself in there is wrong because mm-hmm. it's not until the end of the film that he's out, I, I, able to actually like go against his own so-called rules. Yeah. Even though he gets married to this other woman. Yes. Because I, you know, like, like well, all of us, it's like, okay, this is something I was saying in my, you know, my early twenties and clearly I don't believe it anymore. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So now, now it's another five years. Yeah. And, now it's 1987. And Sally is at lunch with, Carrie friend, Fisher. Yeah. Marie. Who plays Marie and her friend Carrie Fisher. Alice. Same Carrie Fisher, same year as the Burbs. Yes. Oh. She did this. Yeah. Joe Dante and Rob Reiner in the same year. That is awesome. So we find out that Sally and Joe have broken up, and then Marie takes out her Rolodex of available men. And I just love this idea. Late single ladies, bring this back. Why are we doing this online dating thing that's so terrible? Just have a Rolodex, get the available guys, and hand out their numbers. So what would be on each card, do you think? I think it would be their name, phone number, email, all their social accounts so you can, you know, like background check them and see what they're up to. And then maybe like hobbies and job 
That's adorable and boring. Now be honest with me. What's on that card? <laughs> Don't give me that crap. Hobbies? No, 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 no. On a scale of one to ten. <laughs> what do you, okay, how much money they actually make? Okay, there you go. And I don't know. What what are you thinking? Performance. Scale of one to ten. Oh, because oh, because yes. Yeah. Everyone rates them and exactly. puts it on the card. Exactly. Don't give it like yeah. hobbies. Nobody cares if he fishes. Well, yeah, you would want to know that because you want to know if he's so going to buy him a tackle box. No, no, no. So you know what he's doing on all day on a Saturday. <laughs> you need to know if your dude likes to fish, <laughs> golf. You know, like those things that take forever. So what would have been on my Rolodex? <laughs> he likes to ride the bus a lot. <laughs> he goes to the movies alone. <laughs> That's what he's doing on a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So all the, okay. It's it's kind of yeah. Like you rate them. You could rate them on all sorts of scales, though. Doesn't just have to be like in bed. Could be a, it could be a bunch of stuff. Yes, but this is Carrie Fisher's Rolodex. Yeah, Carrie Fisher's Rolodex. So come on. Yeah, of course she has that. Do you think she does like a five star scale or like one to ten? I'm guessing one to ten, and I bet I bet it's listing all of the people that this person dated prior. Oh, yeah. So, like, so you know if you have like mutuals, like June, Ruby, Ellen, Barbara. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like oh man, this this John Fisher dude's been around. He's been around. He's yeah. he's got to be like this card is being retired. He clearly can't handle a relationship. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that would be. Hey, I I like this idea. Well, it's I like, love that you want to bring the Rolodex back for this. But it's like old school this. matchmaking. I mean, come on. Do you know how many- You don't I... believe in the high-tech rubric okay. that the internet interwebs provide? No, I've heard too many horror stories from actual friends hmm. who are out there right now. <laughs> they're out there right now? Yeah, they're out there. They're out there right now. They're out there trying to Dating date these John dudes. John Fisher. Okay. And you know what? When you live in like a community that's a little bit small, like where we live, I mean, come on. People know people. I mean, they can- That's a Barbara Streisand song, but please continue. Yeah. they. I mean, I could just go on like my local Facebook page and like ask who has dated this guy and like I'd probably get a ton of replies. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Maybe- Have you ever tried- You said now that you live where I grew up, have you ever tried that with me? No. How many of you dated this guy? <laughs> it's like a picture of me smiling with a thumbs up. <laughs> People are like, oh, God, I got stories. It's just like you from Drama Club. <laughs> oh, man, that's a sad picture right there. My black and white headshot <laughs> with my pretentious Richard Burton sweater. Oh, God. Yeah. No, everyone who knows you is just like, oh, Barry, you're so nice. Yeah, he was my friend. Yeah. Well, then we meet, we see Harry and his friend Jess. Played by the wonderful Bruno Kirby. And they're Great at a actor. football game. And I just love this scene so much because he's telling Jess about how his wife, Helen, is leaving him. And they're having this serious conversation. And the, at the end of like every like, oh, my gosh, sentence, like the wave comes to them. Yeah. And they get up. Well, yeah, this is a great comedy beat. It's the same thing with spitting up the grape seeds. It's like every comic, every punchline is punctuated with him doing the wave. It's great. <laughs> so, yeah. So we find out now. Now we know Harry and Sally are both single at the same time. Okay, so now we're at the bookstore and we find out Marie is dating a married man and keeps thinking he's going to leave his wife. And Sally's like, he's, ne he's never going to leave her. You know, this is like a common 
theme of like, don't get involved with a married man. He's never going to leave his wife for you. But she keeps she keeps thinking he's going to. And then Harry shows up and now him and Sally are reconnecting and they go to dinner. And I guess this is when they're like, oh, are we becoming friends now? It's nice because it's a series of very subtle edits that take you from the bookstore to this diner that they keep returning to, to walking around outside. And we see like it it takes us by surprise as much as it takes them by surprise. It's like a very natural thing. Like they've got great chemistry. Yeah. They're clearly good friends. They clearly can trust each other and they've been through a lot. And they're at a different point in their lives where it's like they've – you know, they've had some scars. They've had some war stories to tell about some of the relationships. Mm-hmm. This is not like when they were kids and, you know, they had their whole lives ahead of them. It's like we, we've we seen some stuff. Mm-hmm. We've been in the carnival. We, now, we've been on the ride. Now we're heartbroken. Yeah, exactly. So, like, they, they both, you know, they both have somebody to confide in. Well, there's this montage of their lives as they're, like, just going about doing normal things. And then they talk about Casablanca again. And Sally has changed her tune. Now she doesn't want to be the first lady of Czechoslovakia. What do you think about that? What do I think about that? Yeah, do you think that's important to this story? Or is that just like showing the evolution of like of her character? Ah, well, Casablanca, the ending of Casablanca is such crap. Let me just say that. It is. It is. Because like, you know, I and I love Casablanca. I've only, I've only seen it twice in my life. And both times were so – this is a very hairy thing to say – both times were so significant. I'll never, I'll probably never watch it again. But it's like on the one hand, did we watch it together? Yes. Um, so yeah, I'll never watch it again. But <laughs> I, anyway, um, I admire, like anybody who loves film, I admire the ending of Casablanca because it's surprising, it's uncompromised, it's bold because it's not what you expect or want. But it's also a load of crap. There's no reason they can't be together. Exactly. It's a, Claude Rains is such a nothing in that movie. Really, I mean, like, there's no reason. Why, you know, why why the two, like, why Rick and whatever her name can't be together. Yeah. I, thank you. Yes. Okay, well, they talk about, he talks about low-maintenance women versus high-maintenance women. And I love it because she's like, well, you know, what am I? He's like, you're high-maintenance. And she's like, well, I don't see that. And he's like, yeah, you're the worst kind. You think you're low-maintenance, but you're high-maintenance. <laughs> So I think it's funny. They share their dreams with each other. Um, oh, okay. Then they go to the museum. And this is where he does his funny pecan pie voice. Right. Yeah. And I love this scene. And I don't know if people know the story, but he completely like ad-libbed this. Yeah. And got her to repeat after him all these silly like pecan pie, you know, and you can see when, when she starts laughing, she says, oh no. And she kind of looks off, off, off to the side and Rob Reiner is yeah, like, he's go like with it. keep, keep going, going, keep going. Yeah. You, yeah, you pointed this out to me. That's yeah. so cool. Because if you don't know that it still feels like it feels, you know, very like completely natural because it is, they're not really acting here. They're just kind of playing with each other, which is yeah. so cool. So if you guys do watch this movie again, look for that because it's really funny. And then um, – And also, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Look for – look in the montage of like stu- – you know, the the stuff that they're doing where they're the, getting the Christmas tree. All- At one point, Harry is reading Misery oh. by Stephen King, which is the next movie that Rob Reiner did, which I think is, by the way, his masterpiece. So, I'm like, that is so freaking cool, Rob Reiner. I don't know if he had it in mind or whatever, but like that is awesome. And Harry does read the end first. Yeah, of course he does. <laughs> so then we find out Sally is going out on a date. So 
So she's going on a date and it's established like, oh, I think it's great. You know, so they're supportive of each other, yes. seeing each other people. So it's like, okay, like they understand this dynamic is working. Well, they're just kind of telling each other about the different dates that they're going on. But I also think they're completely attracted to each other. So I do yes. think that it's this unspoken thing of like, okay, they're both, of course, it's like, oh, I, I feel a little bit threatened by this, but because we're talking about it, yeah, it's it makes okay. it easier. Yeah, because that's where he makes the joke, and he's like, "Yeah, she she wanted to go to this Ethiopian restaurant," and I said, "Oh, that I bet the menu's not very big." And Sally laughs, and he's like, "Yeah, see, she didn't even laugh at my jokes." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "You know, it just might take us a long time to find somebody that we're comfortable with, and even longer before like we feel like we can sleep with somebody else." And he's like, "Oh, yeah, I slept with her," and she's like, "What?" Yeah. So it just kind of highlights the differences between their two characters where she's like, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. And Harry's like, oh, we didn't connect at all, but, you know, whatever. I like it because it's like they haven't changed that much. Yeah. He still is who he is and she is who she is. And there's a scene in the middle of this where Harry and Jess play softball together. That's, that's the next scene. Oh, that's the next scene? Yeah, they're hitting softballs at the at the. Um, a reference is yeah. made to a t-shirt that says, don't F with Mr. Zero. Yeah. I want that shirt. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Oh, okay. So, if any of you need gift ideas, I want a shirt that says, don't F with Mr. Zero. So, Jess doesn't understand his friendship with Sally. Right. You know, and he's like, "I don't. what is this friendship? Like, what are you, what do you guys talk about? He's like, I tell her everything. And then he tells Jess about how he made a woman meow during sex. <laughs> it's just, just so funny. He's like, you made a woman meow? He's like, yeah, I took her to a place that wasn't human. <laughs> <laughs> like just like these I feel like the dialogue is so brilliant. What's well, Nora Ephron? She's yeah. she's wonderful. Um, you know, Nora Ephron, I don't believe she's with us anymore. Um nope. but she was an extraordinary writer. I mean, um let's see, Heartburn um was the book that she wrote, became a movie, not a completely successful film, despite the fact that it's Jack Nicholson and Meryl Streep. Mm. But uh she's also, of course, the author of uh Julie and Julia. Yeah. Yeah. And did she have anything to do with Sleepless in Seattle? I believe she did. This is something that just occurred to me. It's weird that Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan only did this one film together. Mm-hmm. That's weird to me because they have dynamite chemistry. Yeah. Do you feel like there should have been a sequel or they should have just done no something sequel, else? No sequel, something else. Oh, okay. Yeah. If, you know, she and, and uh, Tom Hanks did three films together. And I still think the best of the films are, are uh, Joe versus Volcano. I love Joe versus Volcano. But uh, – it's 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 odd to me. Yeah, do you feel like thing. Tom Hanks like stole her Billy from Crystal's Billy career? Yeah. Oh, I think that I think they both did okay. I yeah, do. Not okay. Yeah, you know Tom Hanks is like you know uh, up for Academy Awards. Billy Crystal is hosting the Academy Awards. <laughs> you know Tom Hanks is doing Philadelphia, and you know meanwhile Billy Crystal is doing City Slickers sequels and Monsters Inc. I think I think they both did fine. All right. Well, the next scene is the restaurant scene that that everybody knows. And no, what, what, what's the scene? I, I don't know the scene. Well, I'm going to describe it. Please. So she's kind of like, you know, how do you know that the women that you're sleeping with are having a good time? And he's like, what are you saying that they're fake orgasm? And she was like, you know, most women do it. And most men don't know. No, what's the line? She's like, most women. You don't have, have this memorized by now? Most women have faked it at one time. So you do the math. Like basically... If you're a dude, it's happened to you, you know? And he's like, no. Impossible. Impossible. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's like, I would be able to tell. And she's like, why? Because they would like, you know, 
they're verbal about it. He's like, yeah. So then she she has a fake orgasm. She gives this restaurant. performance yeah. in Katz's Deli. Yeah. And what I love is that initially Harry doesn't realize what she's doing. Yeah. He's like, you okay? <laughs> and then when he does realize what she's doing, he he's, makes this face like, oh. He's so annoyed. I see what this is now. <laughs> And it's pretty great. But though at the end of her performance, he is visibly impressed. He is. Yeah. But so is everybody else. And Natalie. <laughs> yeah. Especially um, Rob Reiner's mom. God bless Rob yeah. Reiner's mother. Like, I'll yeah. have what she's having, fame. And apparently, I looked it up, apparently the sign is still there in Cass's Deli that's like hovering above the table. Like, this is the table. Oh, I bet the people that work there are like, like God, I, so sick of hearing, I I'll have what she's having. Yeah, I bet this would name one of the specials. I'm sure there's, so, there's T-shirts, <laughs> mugs. There's a sandwich oh, called, yeah, I'll have what she's having. Yeah, yeah what I'm do you sure. think that sandwich is? Hmm. If I was making that sandwich, yeah. what, would, what would be the big O sandwich for me? Yeah. Ooh. Thinly sliced hard salami. Wow. Gouda cheese, a smattering of lettuce, and then spicy mustard, tomatoes, avocado and then a little bit of relish on top wow ben. Yeah. you i feel like you've been thinking about this but you you i've love, been thinking about this since 1989 you have you love a good a good like deli sandwich. i had a good de- yeah i'm a you know that's the problem I grew up on maui but but you know my childhood in jersey you can't take the jersey out of out of the jersey boy yeah yeah, yeah. love a good sandwich that's hilarious okay do you want to go to do you want to go to Katz's deli yeah, I mean, if, if I we was, ever go, to, like uh, you know, I'm a, I'm more of an East Coast guy than you are. But if we ever go back, like, is that yeah? Because I want to say that line. You want to say the I line? Do. <laughs> oh man! Actually, I want to like order, and then I want you to say the line. Ah, oh, got it. And then we could just cackle. Wait, wait, the line or the fake orgasm? No, just the line. Oh, okay. No one. No, we're not gonna do. We're not gonna act out the scene. I sincerely hope not. <laughs> Although I gotta say. I mean, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but they've done this as a play. Mm. So, like, you know, there have been actors, everybody from, I think, Molly Ringwald's and I think Mary Louise Parker. There's a few actresses who have done this scene now. Yeah. Yeah. I would not have, I wouldn't have the courage to act out this scene. Mm-mm. Yeah, definitely not. And not to mention Cass's Deli. Yeah. It's like, oh, freaking just, tourists. Exactly. I feel like everyone would get their phones out. I'd be all no over kidding. No like, kidding. someone's Instagram. No, thank you. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, she's like a school teacher, you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think the line is funny. I'll have what she's having. It is. Yeah. It's because okay. it's surprising and it's especially funny when we know it's the director's mother. <laughs> so now we, we're at Christmas time. This is our first christmas of this movie and then new year's party um so there are feelings you can tell big time they dance yeah. cheek to cheek and they mm-hmm. make kind of a joke of it but then it's like oh yeah this was a mistake is like look look what happens yeah and it's nice because this is unspoken moment and when they 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 have a very casual but distinct kiss for mm-hmm. new year's and the movie it, it, it the moment ends in a freeze frame it's like yeah that's appropriate because yeah. this is a this is a big moment for them so the next um four section- months later Okay, of the movie is Sally is setting Marie up with Harry and Harry is setting Sally up with Jess. And I love this because literally there is no chemistry between Sally and Jess and Harry and Marie. Like it is just you could hear a pin drop because like Sally and Jess are both writers. And I think Jess wants people. He obviously wants people to like adore his writing and sally's just like 
whatever. And then, yeah, Harry and Marie, no, it's not a good match. You've never ever set me up with one of your female friends, have you? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. No. We never did that. Well, I told you about my friend from out of town. Oh. <laughs> there was that. And okay. that's so that embarrassing. Was, that That's so embarrassing. I don't even want to. And hilarious yeah. because when I finally met him, I was like, seriously? Yeah. I and even I was me. like, man, that was such a bad call. I yeah. apologize. <laughs> I was like, so do you embarrassing. know me at all? Yeah, so embarrassing. <laughs> and that, I think that guy to this day has no idea. No, he has no idea. Which is great. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, that, 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 that you bullet. had that terrible uh, idea. Because, you know, because again, like you and I were really good friends at this point. So I thought this would be nice if like you two would go out. No. Oh, see, you had a hairy idea. I did. That's why I asked. Like, did you ever do this? Because no. your friends are, are dazzling. You have like awesome friends. My male friends, including no. the one I'm talking about, are pretty goofy. All of them were like, yeah, Barry's in love with you. And I was like, no. <laughs> now, was it because you didn't know or just like, like no, no, I refuse? No, honestly, I, well... Honestly, it was because I first didn't know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, totally clueless. Interesting. Yeah. Because because then to follow up, there were times where I put it out there to yeah, use yeah. the phrase in the You movie. did put it out there. and then Twice. When, yeah. Yeah. Twice and then the third time it... And then you're like, we're still going to be friends. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, can't, I did shut you down a couple times. That's okay. That's okay. That's, you know... It worked out. It clearly worked out. Yeah, 20 years later, it clearly worked out. We fell in love in high school. Yeah, we were were high school sweethearts. But then after our junior year, his parents moved away. But I never forgot her. You never forgot me. (laughs) No, her, her face was burned on my brain. And it was 34 years later that I was walking down Broadway and I saw her come out of Tough and Eddie's. And we both looked at each other. And it was just as though not a single day had gone by. She was just as beautiful as she was at 16. He was just the same. He looked exactly the same. (laughs) All right. Well, Marie uh, quotes Jess accidentally, and then it's on. They totally ditch. He's a writer. Yeah, Yeah. he's a writer, and she accidentally quotes something that he wrote. And, you know, take it from me. You'll never you quote a writer. Oh, they're they're your like, friend. He's for like, no life. one has ever quoted me back to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, too bad I never did that to you. That would have been great. Well, when you met me, remember? Oh, yeah. It I, wasn't quite a compliment. It was not a compliment. Marie, it was like you're that eyes wide shut guy. Oh yeah, Marie was complimenting Jess on his article, and I was totally like, "You, are you wrote that weird, article that nobody liked." Yeah, you're that idiot that like that like that weirdo Tom Cruise movie that everybody hates. You're that guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, so. Months later, Harry and Sally are shopping for Jess and Marie because they're moving in together. Yeah. So things are going well for them. And this is when they do karaoke in the store. Um, This is the third incident of public embarrassment for these these two. Yes. Singing Surrey with a fringe on top. Which is fantastic. Because it's such a stupid song. It's so stupid. There's no dignity. There's no like... (laughs) You know, it's not like they're singing like the impossible dream or like no. – no, this is like the dumbest song from Oklahoma. So, I, I love it. They're committed to it. 
Yeah. And it's it is and it ends up being the most painful moment of Harry's yeah. life because his ex walks in. Helen walks in with her new husband Ira, Ira. and <laughs> it's just it's just really awkward and sad for Harry. Um so that puts Harry in a funk and then they go back to Marie and Jess's place and they're fighting about the wagon wheel coffee table. Yeah. And <laughs> Harry loses loses it and he's just like one day you're going to end up singing karaoke in front of Ira. <laughs> so. I think what makes this scene so great, because it's not just the joke. It's the joke on top of the joke. It's the same thing with I'll have what she's having. Mm-hmm. It's not so much the fight about the wagon wheel and, and Billy Crystal's closing line. It's the tender reply that Carrie Fisher gives after yes, they leave, which I is just, so yeah. killer funny. She's like, don't worry. I'm never going to want this ugly table yeah (laughs) so but harry and sally have a fight too and i actually really love this is a great moment i love this yeah where you know she's just like harry you can't express every feeling you have every moment that you have them and then he kind of digs into her like you know don't you ever feel bad about what happened with joe and you know, they it's really, great because it's not a, it's yeah. not playful. It's not cute. Like they're no. really they're having a real fight here, and it's it's terrific. They're playing it so good. Yeah, and then finally, you know, he was like, "Are you done?" And she's like, "Yes." He's and he apologizes, and they hug, and it's really sweet. I feel like you and I have had this moment a few times early yeah. on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think we have. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, then you know, there's a charades party where um we see we meet. Like that, they're they're they have significant others at this party. This was weird because not to talk all about this, but like this was a really big thing at the time. There was a charades. Uh, um, there, there was a TV show called Win, Lose, or Draw. Yes, that was really big around this time. So I feel like it was being kind of. And then the weird thing is one of the things that one of the things that has that she has to draw is baby talk. Yes. That was the original title of Look Who's Talking, which was being made while this movie was in theaters. Oh. And then when they did a TV show version of Look Who's Talking, it was called Baby Talk and it starred Tony Danza. Okay. And Jess is so mean to her in this scene because she's like draws this baby and then a mouth with all these arrows, you know, and he's like, baby, baby fish mouth. And he's like, Harry's just like, really? What's that? (laughs) <laughs> and he's like, draw something resembling anything. It's cool because because uh, Jess and Sally have zero chemistry. Yes. You get the sense they would not be friends had it not been for the exactly. other person. Yeah. 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 No, it's, seriously. We have friends like this, I think. You and I have friends where like if I wasn't around, you would not be friends with that person and vice versa. You have, Don't like, you think friend- everybody does though? I think so. It's yeah. not like every person you know, your husband and wife are friends with, like, you love them 100%. I know, but it, but this is a pretty interesting extreme because on the one hand, they're friendly with each other, but they're, it's a very cats and dogs sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's because they're both writers and I think Jess is really competitive. Mm. Yeah. I think, I don't think Sally cares one way or the other. I She's think not impressed by him, whereas Carrie Fisher yeah. is very impressed and I think by him. Jess and he needs like, to be impressed by him. Yeah. Be impressed by me, Sally. And yeah. she's like, no. Uh, are you impressed by the fact that I'm a published film critic? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely. Cool. I have it on record on the 100th episode of our podcast. <laughs> I'm going to remember that. 
Um, it doesn't matter. So Harry and Sally keep eyeing each other, kissing their significant other. Yeah. You know, and it's asking like all these questions about the other person, you know. It's cool because it's there's just a contrast between what they're saying about this dynamic they have versus the realities that they mm-hmm. are in love with each other. Yes. So now some time has passed and Sally. The phone call. Yes. Sally calls Harry like, you know, please come over. I just found out Joe's getting married. And this is like the fateful night, I guess, where they do have a really funny conversation. Yeah, it's at great. First. Um, but Sally's like, it's not that he didn't want to get married. It's that he didn't want to marry me. And that is like just what kills her. That realization. And, you know, she's like, I'm too structured. I'm difficult. And he's like, no, but in a great way. And. She's like, but I and I'm gonna be forty. When someday? What? She's thirty two. Thirty two at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, it's like a giant dead end. So there's, you know, this whole thing, and then you know he hugs her and he gives her a little kiss, and then she's like, no, hold me a little bit longer, and then you know something's going down. They uh, they, they do it. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to make the little fist motion. Oh yeah. So they do it. And then it's a great um, dissolve. I love it because um, they're kissing, and then it just dissolves to a close-up of her hair, and the camera pulls back, and he has this look of horror on his, <laughs> his face. face. It's wonderful. Like his eyes are just as so wide. Like, oh no, what have I done? I mean, you kind of. She obviously had a great time. Do you think he? Yeah, had it's like a she was time? back in Katz's Deli again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she was just like she went back for extras. Yeah, totally. Do you think he actually really? Yeah, he he did, but I think he's also shocked because he's just in shock. Well, I mean, he's you know, I don't think he's ever been with a woman like that that he loved. So I think it's like well, but he loved Helen. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, Helen was like the first relationship he had that was a mature one. Mm. This one matters. Mm-hmm. This one really matters. So I think I think the fact that he did have a great time with Sally, I think it kind of horrifies him because he's so he's been so vulnerable with her. It's like all everything's on the table now. Yeah, and I suspect like he's never had that before. Yes. Well, he does. Okay, so we'll get to that because they have an awkward morning. They they both like he leaves and they both call Jess and Marie, yeah. which is hilarious that Marie has a phone on her side of the bed and Jess has a phone on his side of the bed and they have different phone numbers. Yeah, this is a total eighties thing. I, I get yeah, that's that's very peculiar. But yeah. you know the split screen is brilliantly timed. Yeah, and they actually had to do this. Like for that's real. very impressive. Yeah, the timing of it's great. Yeah, so they um. They go to dinner and and she's like, it was a mistake. And he's like, oh, thank God. I'm so glad you said that. And it's like, oh, no, that's sad. So now we're at Jess and Marie's wedding. And I'd like to point out that Marie totally has a princess die look. The dress, the hair. Hmm. I think it was modeled after Princess Diana. Could be. You would know. Yeah. No, with the puff sleeves and the, yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. The hair, her hair, everything. Well, she was alive and well at this point, so yeah. Yeah. So it's only been three weeks since they slept together. That's a long time, though. That's a long time for that to just be like in the air and, you know, and like being this no, awkward it, thing. And Yeah. It's like it's a long time to not talk to somebody. Right. But it's not a long time in the sense that it's not like it's been months. 
No, but it's it, these two are like they're tight and they talk to each other every day about the dumbest stuff and now they can't even have that 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 natural connection that they would normally have. Yeah, and Harry just wants to move past it. Right. And she's like, You just know this was meaningful and you you just don't wanna acknowledge your feelings. Yeah. And yeah, she slaps him, she curses at him. It's actually pretty great. I like the third act of this movie a lot. Yeah. Um after after they sleep together because it's not Oh, and they lived happily ever after. No, it's like they got to deal with the ramifications of what they've been saying contrasted with what they actually did. Yeah. How they actually feel about each other versus what they've been telling themselves and each other how they feel about each other. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, I I think Crystal and Ryan are both Oscar worthy at this point. I mean, I I love the third act of the film. I think like, okay, you get past all the romantic comedy stuff and you actually get into a movie that's that's very real about – these two people who don't they, – they can't acknowledge the fact that they're actually moving forward as opposed to seeing that this is – seeing it as a giant mistake. And then Jess is – like does a toast and he's like, and to Harry and Sally, if either of us found you remotely attractive, we wouldn't be here today. Man, Jess is just digging that knife in even further. Yeah, he's like, I hate Sally, but I love <laughs> Harry. Love him. <laughs> so – it's Christmas time again. Sally's carrying her tree alone this time. Very sad. She's ignoring all of Harry's calls. I mean, his phone calls to her are hilarious. Hi, I'm not home right now. I'll call you right back. If you're there, please pick up the phone. I really want to talk to you. The fact that you're not answering leads me to believe you're either A, not at home, B, home but don't want to talk to me, or C, home, desperately want to talk to me, trapped under something heavy if it's either a or c please call me back obviously she doesn't want to talk to me what do i have to do be hit over the head if she wants to call me she'll call me i'm through making a schmuck out of myself if you're feeling sad and lonely there's a service i can render tell the one who digs you only i can be so warm and tender Maybe it's late to just call me. Don't be afraid to just phone me. Call me and I'll be around. He's he's singing songs. He's t- apologizing. He's doing everything. And finally, she's like, I'm not your um, consolation prize. Have you ever left messages like this for someone? No. Hmm. This feels this feels desperate. Hmm. Like. I mean, I'm glad he does because it kind of shows how much he cares about her. But like a guy doing it, I don't know, a woman doing it feels a little more desperate to me. Got it. Don't you think? Hmm. Yeah. Now, Sally's at the New New Year's Eve party again with Jess and Marie. Third wheel. Yeah, the third wheel. They're trying to hook her up with a guy and it's, it's not working. No, because he has terrible jokes. Yes. And she's fake laughing. Yeah. It's just awful. I know. She can do fake orgasms. She does fake laughing. I mean, if you're a guy listening to this, you got to watch out for these tactics to know if a girl's really into you. Man. I know. It's rough. It is rough. (laughs) You got to find the genuine, sincere one who really thinks you're funny. Mm. Don't you think? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I love the ending when he's like, you know. Basically, he tells her he has feelings for her. And she's like, no, you don't. Like, you can't just say that. You know, I hate you, Harry. 
He says, when you find someone you want to spend the rest of your life with, you want the rest of your life to start right now. And I love that so much. Yeah. That's a fantastic line. And, it is. And Crystal doesn't say it like it's a zinger. He says it like this is the most important thing he's ever said to her. And by the way. Well, it is. Yes, it is. And during this New Year's Eve party, they're playing the song Mr. Saturday Night. Crystal would, of course, star and direct and write a movie called Mr. Saturday Night in 1992. It was a Broadway musical a few years ago that he also starred in. Wow. Which is amazing. All yeah, these as, Easter eggs in this the, film. Well, uh, accidental. I don't know if Rob Reiner was even thinking about making Misery, and I don't think Billy Crystal. I think Billy Crystal, I think, had tried out the role of Buddy Young Jr., the comic that he plays in Mr. Saturday Night, but I don't think there's any connection but of course, because he was so big and then City Slickers happened too, he was able to do whatever he wanted. So he made Mr. Saturday Night, which I loved and nobody saw that film, but <laughs> it's really it's really good. So then they, they kiss and yeah, the next scene is them doing, doing the faux interview. Yep. Yep. Talking about their wedding cake and yeah, and how it only took them 13 years to get together, which I'm like, dang, it's a long time. So. Yeah, and they talk about the stops and starts and yeah. Yeah. So that. And is... that is one of the most influential. I mean, like this movie is for the romantic comedy genre what Die Hard was for action movies. It was not the most original. And, oh my gosh. But at the same time, it definitely set a precedent because I don't think we could have had Sleepless in Seattle without this film. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so many romantic comedies. I mean, even even the one that I can't stand, uh, You've Got Mail, is very much like it wants to be like this. I feel like every romantic comedy after this try to be like this. Um, you know, and most of them aren't as good because they don't understand the characters. And that, I think that's what makes this movie so good. The third act is not predictable. And when they do sleep together, they don't act in predictable romantic comedy ways. Um, it's not a given that they're going to end up. Um, yeah. In fact, it, it almost seems like they're not going to end up together because they've they've put so much, I guess, pressure on themselves, but also just like they, they've established, like, look, these are this is what we're capable of, and they may they may think that they don't deserve each other in a sense, you know. Mm. Aww. No, but they do. They do, but I think there's a part of them that think that that think I think Harry thinks he's not good enough for her, and vice versa. That they can only work as friends. Yeah, I know, but I think you but know you can be in love with your best friend. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they were. Mm-hmm. So of course that can work. I think that's the best foundation for any relationship. Well, you and I were friends for about a year or so before we started dating. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think you like you can obviously like with Harry and Sally, they let their guard down. They were able to tell the truth about themselves without trying to impress the other person. Yeah. And by the way, if you have a relationship like that where you fall in love with your best friend, it just makes everything easy. I find. Yeah, I think so. As opposed to being with someone, it's like got to do the tap dance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because this is who I am. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like exhausting trying to impress people that you like have a crush on or whatever. If anybody remembers that or they're currently in that situation, it's just like, all right, I have to like, I don't know, like put on this show to like put you know put your best foot forward and. I don't know. It's just not reality all yeah. the time. No, I, I remember even like 
having conversations with you, we had just broken up with people and it was not unlike what Harry and Sally talk about in this film. Um, just how, you know, you're kind of, it's a way of talking about it so that you understand what happened. But at the same time, you're, you're trying to make a joke about it, but, but it's also like the most painful thing because you're, you know, you're, you're kind of emotionally separating from a moment in your life that wasn't a good one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. Um, obviously you want to have these experiences with people you love and trust. And it's in our case, certainly it was nice that it was with someone who I love very much. And, you know, you and I, it, you know, it built on, uh, built on this foundation that we still have. Mm -hmm. So no, I feel very, very blessed, but I do feel very weird watching this movie. It's like, Oh God, it's like <laughs> 2001 all over again. The first time we met, we hated each other. No, you didn't hate me. I hated you. The second time we met, you didn't even remember me. I did too. I remembered you. The third time we met, we became friends. We were friends for a long time. And then we weren't. And then we fell in love. So that's when Harry met Sally and a little bit more about us for those more who didn't know. More than you really needed to know. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I have to go back and edit large sections of yeah, this, right. this show. Well, speaking of editing. We should talk about it, right? This is um, episode 100 and our last episode with Barry's brother, Marty, editing for us. He's been doing it as a labor of love this whole time. And we are so grateful and can't thank you enough, Marty, for everything that you've done. You've done an amazing job. And from here on out, um, I'll be taking the reins. Which is when this show takes a serious dive. Serious in terms of dive. <laughs> this is when there's going to be like one episode out every seven months. Yeah. Know, this is like the, the downfall. We basically have peaked at this point. Um, no, I'm sure it'll be fine. Have we peaked? Oh, man. <laughs> This is, this is the peak. We're looking at it. No, Marty uh, started editing this show because he sent me, I think, a birthday present. He sent me a copy of the movie Rad. And he kind of jokingly said, if you guys talk about it, I'll, I'll edit it into a podcast for you. And we did. And he did. And we thought well, that was kind of fun. So we just kept going. Kept going. And he kept going. And he probably regrets that uh, he ever said that. No. <laughs> no, that was the dumbest thing I ever did. But no, um, no, he's Marty's done an amazing job. Yes. So Marty, thank you yes, so much. Thank this was you. Such a gift. And we appreciate you doing this because uh, you got other better things to do. Listeners, check out my brother's uh, YouTube show called He Said Goose Said. Well, I was going to say, yeah, Marty's going to be um, working more on his personal um, endeavors, comedy, stand up. He's um, really funny. His YouTube channel. So you can find him on Instagram at The Worst Pictures and Worst W U R S T. Like Liverwurst. And also, He Said Goose Said on YouTube. Yeah, He Said Goose Said. Check it out, listeners. And then it's if really you funny. are in the. LA area. Um, I'm sure you can find places where he'll be doing stand-up. So. He does stand-up quite yeah. often. He's very funny. So check him out. And yeah, I guess that concludes our episode. Our 100th special episode. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I did want to congratulate my friend Erica, who won our 100th episode Instagram contest. Yay, Erica! Woo! So she won $50 to Fandango. Awesome. So if you are not following us on Instagram, follow us. Um, so I married a film critic underscore podcast and follow along. You can see the shows that we're putting out. We do stories on other movies that we're watching that don't make it on the podcast. And occasionally we'll do contests that you definitely want to participate in. So 
Yeah. So many stars did you give when Harry met Sally? Oh, four out of four, for sure. Yeah, what about you? Three and a half. Oh, my gosh. Because it's a ripoff. Of every Woody Allen movie ever made, yes. You're so stubborn But it's a good ripoff. It's good. (laughs) It's a quality ripoff. If you're going to take your Xerox machine, this is what it should look like. Okay. Because it's the 80s, so it's definitely a Xerox machine. Oh, for sure. It's not cut and paste. They didn't have cut and paste at this point. (laughs) So this is a New Year's Eve movie, a very famous New Year's Eve movie. In fact, one year you and I watched it and the cable operator actually timed the New Year's Eve scene in this film with the actual ball drop of the state that we were in, which I thought was amazing. All right. So follow us on Instagram because then you can see my 10-part reviews on movies Barry would never watch. In his lifetime. No. Yeah. He, he only watches the good stuff. Oh. That's not true. You know that's not true. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that concludes our discussion of When Harry Met Sally. So here's to 100 more of these. All right. And Happy New Year to everyone. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you for listening. Bye.